future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, it is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens Out to Coop Live. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Lives, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards across the country. You can join us also at the end of the week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Look, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. You can help support this show right now, becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head over to patreon.com slash rcpress for all the details. You can help out the show right now by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And if you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, make sure to leave us that five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. And leave a comment to let other folks know why you like the show. Little things like this help other people find the show. And if you're looking for more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get a live stream. And subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, the amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast, Rock E House. And they know where the bodies are buried, and it's spooky season two. <laughs> Make sure to follow them on Twitter and at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't heard, The Signal's a new podcast of the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor in chief, Cyril Nicoleco, and produced by. Here's truly. Twice a month, the signal will shine a light on right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community towards calmer, saner, progressive roots. And in case you missed it, The Beacon has also just launched a brand spanking new Gen Z-focused and hosted podcast called The Civic Circle. The first episode just dropped and it rocked. You can get both those podcasts right now at the buckscountybeacon.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast. Attention all you gamers out there. The Game In is a Quakertown-based black family-owned gaming store. If they're friends of the show, they've got everything from Retro N64s, latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops, and kids get discounts with the good A's on the report cards. School's in session, folks. Check them out on their Facebook page and follow them at Twitter at, at the Game In. That's with two N's. If you've got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. And a special shout out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at Song of Dayman. Again, two N's at Song of Dayman on Twitter. Or X, I guess, is how we look at it. Well, tonight's show, I am absolutely like thrilled about tonight's show. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time now. This week, I welcome Cyril Michaleko and Emily Smith to the show. Cyril, of course, is the editor-in-chief of the Bucks County Beacon, and Emily is the publisher of the Bucks County Beacon. Now, we're going to be talking about the role of independent community-based media in deepening local democracy and organizing against the rise of extremism in our communities and our schools. We'll also be talking about their goals for their fall fund drive and plans for expanding the Beacon's work in the months and years to come. Now, in addition to his lead role as editor-in-chief of the Beacon, Cyril has over two decades of journalistic experience. His work has appeared in the Bucks County Courier Times, The Intelligencer, Upside Down World, Common Dreams, Truth Out, and many more. And Emily Smith, the Beacon's publisher, is a seasoned design professional with nearly a decade of experience in strategic communications. Emily has spent nearly two decades working with startups and small businesses and designed, excuse me, beyond her design chops, I cannot get those words out of my mouth, beyond her design chops, Emily is a creative problem solver and a business strategist. 
She has owned her own graphic design firm since 2003, working with nearly every imaginable client, including small businesses, giant corporations, nonprofits, and community organizations. So I'm so thrilled to be talking to them both about the Bucks County Beacon and beyond. Uh, Cyril, Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Well, you know, I have been, uh, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, obviously working together in some capacity, um, kind of one way or another, kind of both uh, kind of pointing out each other's work and things like this for a while, and now kind of producing stuff with the podcast. But more importantly, like, I think the Beacon has become really this really go to an absolutely critical voice in our communities, especially at a time when we need it so critically. Um, but before we jump into kind of like, you know, the background of the Beacon and some of the cool stuff that the Beacon's got going on, um, for those folks who might be tuning in for the first time or kind of might be a little bit more unfamiliar, familiar with your roles and your work in there, maybe we could just kind of have you kind of talk a little bit about kind of what got you to this place, um, what brings you to the Beacon and to this kind of work, um, and introduce yourself to our listeners. Cyril, why don't we start with you and then uh, we can turn to Emily. Sure. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so I'm, I'm from Bucks County. I grew up in Holland, went to St. Bede Elementary School, graduated from Council Rock, um, did a couple years at Bucks County Community College where I edited the student newspaper um, before finishing up on the West Coast. Um, you know, while a, while a student, I also interned at the Chicago Reporter where I did research, fact-checked, and assisted on a series of articles examining racial disparities and drug sentencing um, in Chicago and greater Cook County, where after FOIA record requests, we were able to show that you know, blacks and Latinos were getting stiffer sentences than whites for the same crimes, which is an example of what you would call systemic racism, right? Exactly. Um, but I, you know, I, from college, I always knew that I wanted to write and, and get into journalism. Um, and so, you know, after leaving there, it kind of like took me on this long and winding road all over the place. I did communications work for a nonprofit on campaigns in Florida against free trade deals like the FTAA and CAFTA. Um, I worked on a blog with Ed Herman, who co-wrote Manufacturing Consent um, with Noam Chomsky. Uh, and on that blog, you know, we at the time, and, and this was like, I think it was like 2000. 7, 2008, uh, yeah. you know, we were critiquing the Inquirer's editorial page, which is, you know, a lot different, uh, was a lot different then than it, than it is now. And, you know, this was a time when they were kind of like featuring far right columnists like Rick Santorum and John Yu, who wrote the torture memo, you know, and where the left was kind of represented by, um, you know, what you might call liberal hawks or interventionists like um, Trudy Rubin. Um, you know, eventually my, my journalism kind of like took me into like Latin America. And part of that was like doing the, the work around like the free trade area of the Americas, the work in opposition to that, which just essentially would have, um, you know, expanded NAFTA throughout the, throughout the entire hemisphere. Right. Um, and ended up joining the editorial collective of Upside Down World, which was an online magazine covering politics and activism in Latin America through social movement perspective. But I always kept up with like what was happening locally, um, you know, what was happening in Bucks County, uh, no matter you know where in the world I was. Um, and so I kind of always kept my ear to the ground, um, even if from abroad you know, about things happening politically, as well as obviously the kind of like reading the local um, newspapers, the, you know, the Courier, the Intel, um, and to a lesser extent, the Herald, um, just, just to keep up with what was happening, kind of where I grew up, right? And then, you know, at the time, I also would occasionally like kind of like drop, you know, a guest column into the Courier, here and there, um, but didn't really, well that, and, and then eventually ended up getting offered a space um, to write a, a column twice a month um, for the Courier and the Intelligencer, and, and that lasted about 14 months. It didn't take you too long to get under their skin, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, this was a paper that like traditionally, you know, either blocked out um, or marginalized 
progressive voices. And instead, and this, this was, you know, has been part of my critique of, of the, the two daily newspapers now owned by Gannett, you know, they also kind of like platformed, um, you know, far right voices, extremist voices in Bucks County um, with impunity, without any kind of, you know, left response. And, you know, I actually think that's part of the reason why we've seen extremism in Bucks uh, flourish within the local GOP. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more with that, certainly. So, Emily, how about you? What what kind of got you to this space? Yeah, I mean, Cyril sounds like it's kind of a winding road to get to the beacon, but mine is more winding. Um, <laughs> so this is a, this is a, no, now we're like in competition mode here. Yeah. Who's, got a, who's got the longest road to the beacon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I grew up outside of Harrisburg, PA, which is where I actually live now um, in a little town called Camp Hill. Um, I went to college in Rochester, New York, RIT, go Tigers. Um, <laughs> and I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts and Graphic Design from there and from there, I decided to go be a free spirit and move to California um, and ended up working. Literally, I think I've done every job, but <laughs> I worked at TGI Fridays. It was great. You had to have 20 pieces of flair. Um, <laughs> but I started my graphic design career working in real estate um, out there and moved around. I lived in New York City for a while. My husband's from there. Um, and then uh, ended up in Arizona working for a title insurance company uh, doing graphic design and marketing um, when the economy crashed. Uh, and uh, Phoenix, Arizona is not the place to be when the bottom drops out of the real estate market. Um, so I came back to Central PA and that is when I really started working hard on making my graphic design business sustainable long-term. Um, and that is also when I started doing campaign mailers for political campaigns. Um, I kind of fell into that. I was uh, doing direct mail for real estate agents for the five years previous to that as just part of my day-to-day. -day. And it turns out being an expert at sending out mail is something that not a lot of people are. <laughs> so. No, it's it's sought after. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> uh, I know people on political, especially when you get into local campaigns, like yeah. like somebody knows how to do that and like wants to do it is like gold. <laughs> yeah. So it turned out I was gold in Harrisburg for the Republicans, um, and they had more money than the Democrats. So I did lots of campaign mailers for Republicans uh, for the better part of a decade as just one of the many clients I had. That wasn't my main client, but that was one of them. I may have made campaign mailers for Scott Perry's campaign, and I've been regretting it ever since. Um, he seemed like a good guy. Uh, so once I realized that he got elected and that was terrible and that there was all of these questionable people that I was designing mailers for, uh, I decided I needed to volunteer for the local Democrats, which I did. Um, so I started volunteering for a local democratic committee, uh, probably in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. And, uh, at the same time, Ben Waxman now state representative Ben Waxman, uh, was running for state house in the 182nd. And he asked me, because I am this campaign mailer expert, he asked me to do that for him. <laughs> and uh, yes. Yeah, this so, is like a tip for everybody out there. You want to get into politics, campaign mailers. Right, <laughs> this is like right. your you true way in. You never <laughs> know good how at it's it. going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I had a little hiatus from campaign mailers while I was still making them for people. I decided to sell real estate for five years. Um, I was pretty good at it. I still sell houses. Uh, that is not a plug for real estate. I don't want to sell houses, <laughs> but you know, if people ask me, I will. Um, but the pandemic hit and Ben Waxman called me 
and said he wanted me to work for his PR company. Um, so I didn't have, I couldn't even show a house. I didn't have, yeah. there was no marketing budget anywhere for anyone. So I was like, okay, let's go. Um, so I started working for Ben, uh, in August of 2020. And we did a lot of work with unions and politicians and, you know, um, various advocacy organizations, um, which, you know, kind of led into this. Um, but beyond that, I also have worked on like all of these small businesses, like that there's all these different parts of my trail that are going different directions. Yeah. But like I built a financial web application for fractionalized investments in multifamily real estate. You know, that was that was 10 years ago. But I've been building these small businesses for people and bigger businesses for many years. And uh, you never know how it's going to turn out. Turns out I've been in a, quite a few startups, though, and I kind of know the path to get where you need to go. And that's how I ended up doing this. Well, let's like let's. I mean, that's a great. I mean, that's a great way in because one of the things I wanted to talk about is those kind of early days, of the beacon, and that's something I didn't know. I mean, you said you've been, you know, working with startups for a while. I kind of know the path, and I mean, I can tell you that, um, like, my experience of starting things up has to do with being in a punk rock community, starting zines. Like, literally, that's like where my experience came from. And over and over and over again in different locations, starting up independent publications that were for very small areas, but never really having that background experience and always asking that question, how the hell do you do this? Right. And make it sustainable, um, make it something that um, is workable and know what you don't know. I mean, that was always the, the biggest thing is being able to find folks to be willing to just say, hey, this is how you do this. Right. It always felt like, you know, just kind of, OK, we're just going to piece this together. So knowing that you had some of this background already before you ever came to the beacon, that's awesome. So maybe you can as just, you know, right now, I think it's fair to say that the beacon has become just like essential reading for this community, especially. And I think a lot of things came together around that. Of course, there's like our politics, like went off the freaking rails. Um, and then our school boards decided to hop on the caboose to those, you know, the train, right, so to speak. Um, and so in some ways, like, thank God for the beacon is done here. But it wasn't always that, right? I mean, so you say like, you know, the pathway of the startup. So maybe kind of take us back to some of those kind of like, early days, if you will, like when you're kind of sitting there, what you're hoping the beacon could become, where, where you wanted to go with this. Um, and then how we got from this, you know, idea, right. And startup thing to like really a, a news source that is virtually the only critical voice in our community that is unpacking and uncovering like, the extremism, right? So I, I mean, I don't know if that's too much to lay on the table, but I, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I'm really fascinated by that because I mean, it seems, I think for a lot of folks that like all of a sudden it's like there was nothing and then now we have the beacon, right? But we know yeah. it's not just like magic, right? It's work. It, it's definitely not just like magic. Um, I mean, I think we, we started it at a time that was, uh, perfect for us to start it. I don't think it would have flourished into this had there not been some really crazy stuff going on with, you know, school boards and stuff like that. Um, but the very early days, uh, Ben, Ben, I don't know what anyone knows about Ben Waxman, but he used to be a journalist, um, before he was, before he worked in politics. Um, and he always wanted to start a, newspaper and he loves politics and government he's kind of obsessed but i am too um i am actually an elected official too so that happened after we started the beacon but um it is one of those things if you have the obsession with something you have the opportunity to make it work um so how did we start we started coming up with ideas we had some locals in Bucks County that were interested in something. And the question first was, will it work? Um, yeah. So the first thing I did was 
I did all the market research that, you know, no one wants to do, but you have to do if you're going to start a real business. Yeah. Um, so I did a bunch of market research. I figured out what our market size was, where we would get money from, how much money we might be able to get. And let me tell you, if anyone ever tells you that your financial projections will be correct, they are wrong because um, it's never correct. Um, but That's luckily sure. we, we had some runway with funding, um, to make it start. But the main thing, you know, we did it in phases. First, it was what would, what would the website look like? What, like do the business plan. And then it's like, well, what is the minimum viable product, right? That's something in startup world, you know, like what can you start with that will, prove out the concept before you put in big money towards anything. Um, so we did that. And our plan was just to make it an aggregator of information about local politics and government. Um, and then we were just going to have like one writer. And uh, the further we got into it, the more we realized like I was aggregating the news, right? Mm -hmm. I was the one doing it. And I was realizing there was nothing. Nothing. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that was the problem. And uh, so then it became, you know, how much original reporting can we get? Um, so first we hired Joey Sweeney, who is of celebrity fame. I don't know if anyone knows him, um, but he founded Celebrity in 2004. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He came and was writing for us in August... September, October of 2021. Um, and we realized it just wasn't a good fit. Um, and then Linda Lee came to write for us and she started writing for us and she was writing some really good stories. I mean, Linda, that's is, when I first became aware of the beacon actually is I'm mean, seeing her stuff and being like, what is this beacon thing? <laughs> right. And yeah. this Linda Lee, this is like, she was doing some really great stuff. Yeah, yeah. She used to be an editor for the New York Times for 20 years. She's published six or seven books on all sorts of various topics, you know, some fiction, some nonfiction, but she is an excellent writer. Um, so she was writing for us. Um, but when we got to the end of that year, 2021, it became clear that we wanted to, There, we were gaining a little traction. We were getting people to look at our website, which was my big thing that I wasn't sure was ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then we decided that we would put a little bit more money and see if we could add a writer, add an editor, you know, we were still trying to figure out who was going to be the thing to make it right. And like iteration is everything in startups. So you start, you try, you figure out the problem, you move on to the next thing. Um, so that's what we did. And I asked Cyril to work for me in January, I think, of 2022. I think he started in February 2022. Um, and, and that's when it really took off was, you know, once I got Cyril on board and he started to really build the, uh, build out the people that were writing for us and figured out how to get more content for our website besides aggregating news because i knew the more original content we had the more readers we had yep and that was the key to the whole thing so that's kind of really and like so right ahead before cyril comes on right this is when cyril had been writing for the the courier times right cyril yeah. you had had the column there and you were starting to kind of uh people were kind of noticing this i remember your articles are getting shared around quite a bit um, they're getting more uncomfortable with reporting. You're getting more aggressive in your reporting uh, and you're kind of in your commentary. And then this opens up and it seems like, I mean, you know, I'm not big on like, you know, what, you know, this is faded in the stars or something like this, but I mean, holy crap, was that um, fortuitous, right? For the, for, for the beacon. I mean, so like Cyril, just on kind of the build on that. So when you saw what the beacon was doing and you had this opportunity, was that kind of for you? Was that like, all right, let's do this <laughs> or, or, but, but, you know, you've worked in independent media for quite some time. So, I mean, you know, as well as anybody too, that it's, it's, it's not like a cakewalk, right? I mean, you know, that it's, it's work to build this stuff up, 
But I have to say it was absolutely remarkable to see how many people were coming on board and the quality of work that was started coming out almost immediately. And that was happening just as the crazy was really ramping up here in Bucks. Sure. No, I mean, I was, I was really excited and grateful first to kind of uh, come on as a columnist. And then, you know, shortly afterwards, uh, Emily asking me to go ahead and just kind of like take the reins as editor. Um, you know, I, I, I was really just um, enthusiastic about the idea of building kind of progressive independent media in Bucks County and, and, and seeing what kind of impact it could have locally. And, you know, I, I, I had a vision, for, you know, for, you know, how I wanted to help build it out. And, and, and part of it is just kind of like recognizing the failures of, you know, the, the two dailies, um, the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer, um, and their failure to kind of report on the growing right wing extremism that had been, you know, been percolating even before Trump. Right. Um, so like part, you know, the beacon is one, we're shining a light on the extremism. Right. Uh, and then two, we're platforming and, and, and essentially being a megaphone for progressive voices in the community who have historically been kind of marginalized or ignored by local mainstream corporate media. Right. Um, and you know, one of the things I did is just like, you know, even before I started writing, um, you know, about things that were happening in Bucks County, you know, there's in Pennsylvania um, as well as, you know, there, there had already been this like kind of like amazing kind of like community on the ground kind of doing the work. Um, but it was just, you know, unless you were kind of like really tapped into that you didn't know much about it so like one of the good things about writing for the courier was like it was an education for me right to to kind of learn about all the amazing people in bucks county um you know who were fighting for lgbtq rights fighting for environmental rights right fighting for like uh you know inclusive uh, education um, you know, and, and just fighting against, uh, you know, the MAGA or Tea Party or even farther to the right militia and other extremists, um, you know, that were really infecting the area locally. Um, and then another result of my column is like, I, you know, I'm building this network of folks who, you know, have multiple talents. And, and for many of them, like writing is one of them. Right. So we've been able to kind of like build a roster of writers in Bucks County, throughout Pennsylvania and even nationally, you know, to report on and interrogate the issues that the corporate media is either ignoring or they don't have the reporters to kind of cover everything um, because, you know, local media in Bucks County and across the country has been hollowed out. You know, the Courier Times is, a, right. you know, at, at one point a couple decades ago, probably, you know, if you consider all the writers, editors, stringers, etc., probably had dozens of people. And now you could probably fit the entire staff in a bathtub um, where on the other hand, we're growing. Our writers are our roster of writers are growing and we're really digging into the stories, whether it's in Penridge um, you know, school board, which has been, uh, you know, neglected um, at times uh, by, you know, the local media or central box and really give and, and really just like not just reporting, but doing like giving like, you know, reporting with depth and breath and really kind of like digging into like the policies and the issues that are kind of like impacting the community, as well as kind of, you know, broadening the voices that are represented in media Um either by people who were interviewing um, or uh, people who are writing, like say someone like Leo Burchell, who wrote an amazing op-ed about, you know, what it's like um, being a trans student in Central Bucks School District, right? You're you're not going to get that anywhere else. You're just not. No, and I think the beacon, and and I've said this to each of you in different ways in different times, maybe not all at once, but I think part of the role there too is, one, to build any kind of sustainable movement that's capable of resisting this kind of extremism, like you need to be able to kind of 
see yourself back, right? From from an activist and community member spits, right? I mean, one of the struggles that's always true in any kind of organizing work that you do is to actually have your message actually be the one that is told in a way that you recognize it, right? Um, and that is so critical because otherwise you never know, right? I and mean, you don't, it's so difficult to get a barometer of how, you know, how successful your movement is. Am I making a difference? Does this matter? I'm going to these school board meetings, but it seems like I'm shouting, you know, like, you know, into the, into the void, right? So to have kind of reporters cover your movement and your actions in a way that you recognize, right, is also part of what makes it sustainable to build those movements. And I, and I've heard this from people again and again, who said, thank God for the beacon. Like, you know, the beacon's the one who's reporting on this. I've said this to you. I mean, who's reporting on Penridge, right? I mean, where my kids are at. I mean, Central Bucks has got the benefit of money, right? It's got the benefit of money and clout, but Penridge does not, right? And yet we are now the test case nationally, right? For bringing in kind of Christian nationalist kind of companies, right? To, to change our curriculum. I mean, who's who's saying that? I mean, the, and the only other reporters like Emily Rizzo, who used to be down at WHYY, suddenly her voice has disappeared, <laughs> right? And the Beacon has been the only one that has been able to consistently stay on that kind of story. And then on the, the flip side of it too as well is what I think the Beacon has done a, a remarkable job of is like doing that really on the ground local reporting like i mean how many how many school board meetings have you all sat through and watched and go through it so that you can write this stuff but on the on the flip side of it too as well reaching out to provide context right because that's also the problem is like you know how many people were taken by surprise to suddenly that you're you're finding what what appears to be absolutely insane things being said at your school board meeting and thinking like, oh, maybe that's just one person who's, you know, needs a little help. But turns out, no, there is a national movement. And until you have somebody that can help put those pieces together, right, it can seem like you're in this kind of other planet. So thank you for that work, too, is that because it's like both giving voice to and giving a mirror to the community who's actually doing this work on the ground, but also kind of allowing for those spaces to expand our understanding of what's happening so that, you know, that feeds back into the tools that help us be better organizers and combat this stuff. Yeah. I it's would just, just say, crazy. like, I just like to add to this, that there's this like growing movement for news being civic information. Um, and I think that, you know, Cyril brings a lot to the table with uh, all of the voices that he brings in to talk about advocacy. Um, but one of the big things that's always been important to me is like contextualizing what happens when decisions get made at school boards, at borough councils, by township supervisors. Um, you know, and if it doesn't get reported on, then people don't understand why. Yes. Why things are happening or why voting is important. Um, and, and, you know, that's been the biggest thing for us is to get out the information. Here's where you vote. You know, here's what happens. These people got elected. You know, this is what it's going to mean for the community. Yeah, it's like the election has consequences thing, right? Yeah. And be able to kind of demonstrate that pretty, um, pretty effectively. And I also think that, you know, <laughs> it's like... Um, for the longest time you see like, oh, school boards are so boring and all this other stuff. Well, really, you know what? Maybe they're not boring. <laughs> like maybe the news that is happening literally down the street, right? That is going to have the most impact upon your life and your kid's life, right? And your community's life. Maybe those are good. Maybe just a matter of being able to tell those stories, right? Um, and that's, again, I mean, this is... Where else have you seen this? You know, I mean, that's what's remarkable um, to see the voices of people in our community um, and having their stories tell and having them help tell these stories. And then have the beacon kind of contextualize you, bring it back. This is so critical. And, you know, I've seen this in, in some of the organizing around, um, you know, people running for school board. Right. Um, two two cycles ago, it was kind of like an upstart group of, fo a group of folks that were like, OK, uh, we got to figure out how to do this. And now, you know, they're like learning and the continuing it's being sustained and that's happening like all across the region. So, and I think, you know, there, there hasn't been a social movement where kind of, you know, independent, aggressive, fearless media has not been an absolute critical component to that. Right. And like, again, I mean, kind of like your point, does this civic education, right. Doesn't mean it's the same thing as a movement, right. It has a different right. role, right. These are two different distinct things, but it's absolutely critical.
And there's there's just no other example when that kind of the independent press has not been critical. So, but I could go on with that that line forever, and I'm, I'm not going to stop myself purposely because what Me I too. wanted to do is, yeah, no, yeah, continue. Okay, and now for my next advertisement. Um, <laughs> no, but it's um, I, you know, I'm interested in just you know what seems like so much has happened, but I'm wondering, and I, you know, don't want to put you too much on the spot here, but if there's like a couple like of say articles that you could point back to since, you know, the beacon has started that for whatever reason stand out to you, whether it's for their impact or kind of like what you thought it did or kind of a range of perspective or something that was new or something that kind of broke through. Um, I believe maybe we could start with you as like, any of those kind of articles that came out or what you did at the beacon seemed to really kind of jump to the fore? Yeah, I mean, I was rereading many articles that we've put out over the last two years, because it's been a little over two years since we started publishing original content. Um, so I was looking through a lot of that today, and I got very nostalgic, because I'm the only one that's been here the whole time. It's <laughs> kind of shocking to me what's going on. But um, so the ones I picked out that I think are the most interesting might not be interesting for the reasons that, you know, would maybe interest the rest of the population of Bucks County. Mm -hmm. um, so like one was when Joey Sweeney was our editor initially. It was in October of 2021. He wrote a story called Having trouble keeping all your Bucks school wackadoo straight, Cyril Micheleco has a substack for that. <laughs> and it was like a love letter to Cyril and what a good job he was doing. And that was like, you know, four months before I called him and was like, can you please work for us? So um, <laughs> we, you know, it's, it, it's funny to me that I, when I read that today, I was like, yep, that's it. I had already <laughs> been like reading all of his stuff. So it was, it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and then the second one I picked is actually one I wrote when I was aggregating stuff. I would, I would pull stories from the internet and then just write a little paragraph above it. And I ended up doing a bunch of research on this one. It was called, it was from December 21. It was called Central Bucks, Woke Bucks County Pushing yeah. to Ban Books. And for me, the story was much more interesting than it had been covered in the paper um, because it looked like as, as a web developer, right? Here I am as a web developer looking at this Woke Bucks County website. And all I could tell myself was I know that that's a template, you know, and... Yep. And as soon as I did any research at all, I found out it was a, there was a kit from Parents Defending Freedom, you know, and Parents Defending Freedom is funded by the Heritage Foundation. And, you know, that was like the most eye-opening thing to me, like, oh, here is the right-wing machine yep. pretending to have grassroots. So um, that one was a big deal for me. Um, because it really got me interested in like, uh, who's telling the truth, what's real, you know, at the same time, there was people in my school district, who it was the beginning of the Moms for Liberty movement. Yep. And you're like, not all the moms in the country could simultaneously be thinking the same thing. Like they didn't- It's a mom thing, Emily, come on, it's a mom thing. <laughs> right, right. I'm a mom, didn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say that that was a big one. And then, um, I would say the first one that really like hit, hit it out of the park was when Linda, it was shortly after Cyril started working for us, writing a column. Um, actually he might've been editor in chief by then. I'm not sure. Were you? Yes. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, so much for election integrity, forged petitions, Mar Republican PA01 congressional candidate. It was about Dasha Pruitt yep. and her all her forged petitions. Um, and it, you know, it soared. It soared. I remember that story went nuts. Yeah. That story <laughs> went and like it, and no one would have known a thing about it had she not reported on that. Right, right. And then she withdrew her petitions. Yep. And she left. <laughs> she went back to my and we don't even know who this person is any longer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So that one worked out. Um, and then the last one I would say is actually pretty recent. I want to say it's from this past summer. 
Um, we had Peter Green do a story on the Bradley yeah. Foundation. Um, and it is like my little private obsession to research the Bradley Foundation and figure out where their tentacles are. And uh, I'm currently doing research on another thing that about the Bradley Foundation that is boggling my mind. Um, but that is the primer, is Peter Green's article, The Arch Conservative Bradley Foundation is Waging a War on Democracy. Um, if, if your listeners haven't read that article yet, highly yeah. recommend, because uh, the Bradley Foundation has more money than the Koch brothers by a lot. Right. It's insane. I remember learning about this after the the after like the the Tea Party elections and after the stuff about the Koch brothers broke. And then on some random reporting at the time, they're talking about the Bradley Foundation. I think it was in relationship to charter schools in Philadelphia, actually, um, when they were yeah. shopping their kind of, you know, their playbook um, to like to different cities. And I was like reading some. I'm like, oh, my God, this this can't be real. Like, this is like the science fiction conspiracy crap that I grew up reading, you know? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, and, and you can just spend, like, uh, a day going in one direction from the Bradley Foundation to figure out where things go and get lost. And that only covers this one little tiny piece of what they're funding in the United States. So, yeah. 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 So, Cyril, how about you? What's what sticks out to you since you've been around? Sure. I mean, you know, one thing that I'm you know particularly proud of is the our Moms for Liberty coverage. You know, the, this nationally recognized extremist groups uh, group who had collaborated with the Proud Boys, militia folks whose hateful warrior moms have said that, you know, they want LGBTQ kids to be segregated from everyone else accused teachers and librarians of being groomers and pedophiles. You know, they have their national summit in Philly. And, you know, they have a local chapter that's very active, right, that's um, supporting candidates like Art B. Martino and Dana Hunter and Central Bucks. Um, and we decided that it was important for us to cover this summit. And, and so we sent a reporter, Pat LaMarche, there. Um, who reported from inside before getting singled out and eventually booted out um, for her critical reporting, um, you know, as well as kind of like in the lead up and during also providing um, publishing more analysis by, you know, experts like, you know, our education columnist, Peter Green, um, uh, Morris Cunningham, you know, and then like after the fact, providing con more context um, through the podcast, The Signal, by having Olivia Little on from Media Matters, who was inside undercover as well. Um, Diana Legerman, who has just been like, uh, you know, a fierce force in organizing against Moms for Liberty in Bucks County, you know, and then also kind of us publishing the uh, the leaked audio of Jordan Adams's presentation, which is huge. That was freaking like, language. that was unbelievable. I mean, that was like a gift to the world, right? Um, still I'm getting views on our audio. YouTube page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so like that whole package of articles was great. I mean, you know, Jenny Stevens is just, you know, a non, nonstop. She's just, you know, she's our, our staff writer. Um, you know, in addition to our, our various freelance writers, you know, but the, the work that she does, um, you know, in Penridge, like what we've mentioned before, um, or even in Central Bucks, or just talking about what local, you know, Democratic candidates are doing, or just, you know, with what, um, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick is voting on, you know, she's just, she's been such an, an invaluable addition to the Bucks County Beacon. Um, you know, I really liked, uh, you know, we sent Zach Roberts undercover in the Quaker town because there is this, you know, this friendly little picnic with constitutional sheriffs, Proud Boys, Moms for Liberties, John Birch Society, you know, just the, the whole carnival. Friendly militia. Right. Um, and again, like, you're not going to get that reporting in other local media here in, in Bucks County. Um, you know, Obviously, Jenny Cohn, um, her columns for us, 
you know, have been amazing. You know, she's been a step ahead often at times with her reporting on, you know, Christian nationalism and the broader Christian right. Um, more recently, I, I, I was really liked her. She did a couple profiles. One was of Scott Pressler, um, you know, a, a far right MAGA activist who is working with the local Bucks GOP, as well as her um, profile of Abby Abildness, um, and Abby is kind of like a, a prayer warrior for the uh, new uh, apostolic Reform reformation, which is a dominionist movement, um, you know, which wants to claim the seven mountains of society uh, for God. And then just the way we kind of been able to use the podcast to complement our reporting, you know, I had Fred Frederick Clarkson on uh, shortly afterwards, who's a senior research analyst at Political Research Associates um, and an expert on the Christian right and the NAR. And he came on to kind of just provide more detail and context, you know, about this theocratic movement, which is growing in Pennsylvania, which, you know, Doug Mastriano is a part of, who, who want to build um you know, a kingdom revolution led by an army of believers starting in Pennsylvania and using that as a springboard for the for the entire country and the world. You know, and it, part of me wants to mention everyone because <laughs> right, there's so right, many right, good right. voices, right? I mean, whether it's Layla Casey, who's reporting from Central Bucks, um, Kadita Kenner, who's the head of the New Pennsylvania Project. She writes a regular column for us. You know, Molly Parson from Conservation Voters of PA. Um, Kirsten Zolfo, who's reporting about the Fitzpatrick votes that the other newspapers won't report on. Or Kevin Levin talking about, you know, the struggle against racism, you know, and for like racial justice in Bucks County. So it, you know... It's hard to choose favorites, but th those are some of the highlights. And, and again, like we, we've built such a roster of dozens of writers who either contribute regularly or from time to time, you know, and, and that's part of the, you know, the beauty of the Bucks County Beacon. You know, it, it's really like we the beacon, like the beacon is like Bucks County and the progressive community in Bucks County um, and, and their voices that are coming out. No, absolutely. You know, and I've mentioned this to you both before, and I want to talk about where the beacon's going from here. And I want to talk about your fall fund drive that's coming up, um, because I think it's absolutely critical that um, we have a number one that we kind of think about why it's important to fund there, um, but also kind of the impact. And, you know, I mentioned this, I think, on one of the calls that we were all on is, you know, I look at um, something that we used to call back in my early days, Raging Chicken was called break and push, right? You know that basically the kind of reporting that you can do locally, right, is not going to be of immediate interest to a kind of a national audience, right? Um, but you're the only ones that can do it, right? And really understand the players and really understand and do this. So the question is, like, how do you kind of, you know, link up, build these networks so those stories go big? And perfect example, just last week on September 13th, the Southern Poverty Law Center um, published a whole report Right, called When Moms for Liberty Flips a School Board. And guess who they're talking about? They're talking about Penridge School District. And guess who's one of the first people that they quote in there? It's Jenny Stevens. Right, Jenny Stevens from the Bucks County Beacon, as her reporting is where they go to first. And I also love the fact the first picture they got there is of Jane Kramer. Um, and it's a picture by Sean Kitchen, who got his start with Raging Chicken when we were first doing the writing and investigative work, right? And so there's the impact, right? I mean, you're talking about being able to make that connection because not only does, then does this become valuable to the immediate community, but it's a story that other people can make use of and understand what's going to happen in their districts, right? So it's not just like, okay, here, this is just a school district that's happening here and that's just a little tiny story, but it's connected to this kind of bigger context and movement. So that's great. And the other thing that I really appreciate that you all did is um, kind of reaching out to one of, my, one of my colleagues, Mike Gambone, who goes out and kind of does book reviews. I mean, I, I, I run into Mike, Mike in the hallways. I'm like, Mike, you're like expanding my bookshelf like by the week. I'm like, thank you. You know, but, but that same kind of idea, like stuff that is going to be useful, but we know that not every, I mean, people got busy lives, right? Need to find a way of kind of like bringing this content in and what you're doing in the beacon. So 
I, I, enough of the boosterism for the moment <laughs> because like I've been out, like I said, I'll do this every day, all day long. This is um, because the beacon needs to succeed and you've got a fall fund drive that's kind of coming up here. And I know that's connected to where you want to be um, and things that you want to do down the road. And just to kind of kick us off, one of the things that the plug that I'll put in is that you know, something that I said on my podcast this past week is that, look, this funding being a key source of funding as being community members who are involved in this, right? That helps the beacon also be accountable to us, right? To the community as rich and as important as the beacon is to us, right? Is like, I can tell you the folks that are writing for the beacon, the folks who are on the show tonight would like nothing better to have all of us be their bosses, <laughs> right? So that, and that's what it is. And again, that's what we want. We don't have like, a big like you know line of billionaires kind of fighting with each other who's going to throw the next like two million dollars in the in the pocket right but we have us right a conglomeration of how we make this work um and so i was thrilled to be able to kind of have you guys on now as you're kind of starting this fund drive which is already off and running i was like you know looking at the looking at it today i'm like boom look at this we get the kind of key members so Maybe I don't know how you want to kind of um, take this, but maybe start with uh, Emily a little bit like you got this fund drive here, kind of what you want to do, what's your hopes for this fund drive, um, kind of what's your what's your pitch to folks and also how is that going to help the beacon be sustainable long term? Right. So um, every time we do a fund drive, the uh, the goal for me is to diversify where our money comes from. Um, and to get more people um, bought in, you know, like I think buy-in is everything. And, you know, as you're talking about all the different people that write for us, I, I feel bad because some of these people that write for us also give us money, right? Like we give them money for writing something and then they give us money back, right? But that's how strong our community is that we have right now. Um, and we just want to expand that. So, you know, hopefully we can get a hundred new subscriber sustainer members at $10 a month, you know, but if it's $5 a month, that's better than, you know, a stick in the eye. Right. Um, yeah. what we're constantly trying to do is just increase our ability to both, uh, have more original content, which costs money, right? The more we do, the more it costs. Um, but also to pay the people that do work for us fair money. Um, you know, as a, as someone who's come from like a business corporate background, like there's a lot of people that make a lot more money than journalists. And I think it's <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Um, I have been shocked and appalled to find out how much journalists make. And I don't want that to be the beacon. I want us to be able to offer people what they deserve and time off and not be burned out. Um, and all of those things cost money. I'd like to give Cyril like a month long vacation. It's not <laughs> happening, but you know, <laughs> yeah, just your heads up here, Cyril. Nope. <laughs> that ask is not going to be. <laughs> I'm taking him to Durham for a conference. That's the best I can do this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, our ask is please become a sustaining member uh, of the Bucks County Beacon so that we can afford to pay people and we can cover more things. And and one other thing is that, you know, I think when we talk, when you were talking about, um, you know, break and push, right? Yeah. One of the things that's always been very apparent to me is that, especially with the right wing movements that are going on, our reporting is the same, like we might have different names of the people in the Bucks County stories, but the same thing is happening all over the country in lots of communities. Yes. So, you know, for us to be able to tell the story and have people understand what's going on where they live um, means a lot, you know? So yes, please become yeah. a member. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we definitely want to 
you know, reach that goal of a hundred for this fun, this fall fund drive. Um, you know, and some of the things we'd like to do is we'd, we'd like to kind of, you know, double our freelance budget so that the, the writers we do have can write more often, as well as exp- continuing to expand our roster of writers. Um, you know, I, I I also want us to kind of expand um, our podcast projects, like Kevin mentioned earlier. Um, and Kevin's been a huge part of, of you know, this this project. Um, he's been producing our huge. podcasts. I um, do what I can do. You know, the, the <laughs> Signal, I, I feel, has done a good job of kind of like providing context for both like national issues and how they affect us locally and like putting like local issues into kind of the broader picture. And, and then we also just launched this new Gen Z podcast, which is uh, I'm really excited about with three like remarkably intelligent, great. talented young women um, leading it. Yep. And, and, and I'd like to do more, um, more audio work in the future, you know, and some of it might even be kind of like long form audio storytelling um, in addition to the kind of like traditional like podcast Q&A or just kind of, you know, uh, chatting kind of format. Um, but, you know, we, we really if we're going to be a, around for the long haul, like the community needs to invest in us, right? Um, invest in this this media project um, so that we can kind of continue to report on the stories that are either underreported or often neglected um, by other sources. And, uh, you know, and one last pitch for that is just like, you know, one of the things we've been successful in doing is kind of... Um, influencing other media because our stories have been cited by other yes. news sources whether it's the inquirer whyy salon like you said southern poverty law center um, time magazine um, so you know we're we're already having like a, a, a big impact and I, I would almost say like punching above our weight but imagine if we were able to kind yeah. of build our financial infrastructure more and grow even more you know i would say like the sky's the limit about what we can accomplish well you know and i think that you know the bucks county beacon for me right is you know one of the reasons i'm so happy to be even kind of you know doing what little i can right <laughs> you know, like um for producing the podcast and things like this is because I believe the only way that progressive media can be, you know, effective and sustainable is to having a network of support, right? Where, you know, where, yes, we may have, say, individual projects and things like this, but recognizing that can be a real strength, right, where we could lend it. And I really think, I mean, right now, for me, the Bucks County Beacon is the hub. Right. Um, It's the hub around that we should, you know, no matter I don't care if you have a podcast, you got a YouTube show, you kind of um, kind of write columns, you write a blog and things like this. All of our work. Right. Seems to be, you know, dependent to a certain degree about the success of this project. Right. I mean, it's already incredibly successful. As Cyril has said, you're punching above your weight. Um, And we know that that can happen is that once you've got this quality of work that is being done, um, and like, like, just like Emily said, you know, it, you want to be able to get to the point where the quality kind of matches the payment. Right. And I'll say like, I'll come at it from like a labor perspective too, as well. That has been always one of my struggles is working in this space is that, you know, is that, you know, it's like a, a like a deal with the devil. And like, as, as much as I can remember, like the democracy now out of New York, which was a show, for example, that I have de- been dependent upon and that was so incredible is so, like absolutely amazing so much of that show and you talk to people who've worked there so much of that show is dependent upon unpaid interns to do most of the heavy the heavy lifting and you know people want to critique them for it and we can put in that critique but at the same time that you know what what are your options <laughs> right is that if you want the, you want the thing to be successful you got to have people right because like when when emily when you're saying like because look it costs money right it costs money because guess what there's people doing work right. <laughs> right right and then there's bandwidth and there's all this other kind of stuff that has to go in and so that's what i look at it like supporting the beacon and kind of getting behind and make sure that we kind of like hit that 100 new subscriber goal for the beacon right is be- is like our saying that yes right we are invested in this project from top to bottom Right. We want the reporting, we want the content, but we also want to know that we're going to support the people who are making it work. Right. Um, and, you know, that's where I really think that, you know, 
whatever you can throw in, right? Um, become a subscriber. You can go in at the, you know, go like five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. You got a hundred dollars to drop. Uh, I, rumor has it, there's a t-shirt that's connected yes. to that, <laughs> right? <laughs> So, I mean, you know, again, we don't, it doesn't, everybody doesn't have to be the kind of top donor here. Right. Um, but if like a little bit, a lot of a little helps a ton to make a project like this sustainable. And I'm invested in the success of the beacon because I'm invested in the kind of, or, or not even invested, but I think it's absolutely necessary um, to have like the beacon and the out, like the beacon uh, outlet, like the beacon to be able to kind of push back against what we're facing right now, which is pretty dire when you really look into the, <laughs> the abyss. So. Yeah. I mean, I would just say one other thing about that is that like, you know, Journalism has been dying and trying to be reborn for some time now. Yeah, it, there is not a good funding structure that works to actually like align with what the news that needs to be told. And you know, we're trying to figure it out. So are a lot of other people. But like figuring out how to fund journalism is is and sustainably is I think imperative to democracy. Um, because if we don't figure it out, journalism dies. And if journalism dies, people don't know what's going on. And if people don't know what's going on, they're going to get taken advantage of, you know, um, so it, it's, it's a really important, like larger mission, um, beyond the smaller mission of let's, you know, report all of the important news in Bucks County is also like, how do you make a sustainable journalism outfit, you know? that's not owned by hedge funds. Right. You know, that pays their people a, a fair wage to do the work, you know, that you have enough people to go to the school board meetings. That's, I, I think that's the key. And, and we want to figure it out. And this is how we think is the right way. So you don't have to stare at all of the ads and you don't have to have, you know, news behind a paywall like, I don't believe that paywalls make sense because we're trying to put out news that people need to know, regardless of whether they can afford to pay. Yeah. So. Well, this has been great. And I know I've kept you both uh, much longer than I, uh, <laughs> than I said I would, but I mean, the story needs to be told and, you know, and I think it's a, it's a perfect time for it, but you know, as by way of kind of closing us out, I mean, Cyril and Emily, either, um, either or both of you, um, other than, I mean, I, the perfect pitch you just gave, Emily, um, is there anything else that you want to kind of um, leave folks, right, um, as um, before we close out for the night um, and uh, and everybody kind of gets heads over to their computer to make sure that they hit that subscribe to the Bucks County Beacon um, link, by the way. And you can head over, by the way, if you just go to kind of buckscountybeacon.com, right, um, you can click on support the beacon or just scroll down a little bit. They'll get a little, little pop up, let you know about the fundraiser. So it's a really piece of cake to do. You can click on it. You can give what you can. Um, but kind of closing thoughts, Cyril, Emily? Sure. I, I just want to thank um, each and every one of our writers and, and contributors um, who have been part of this media movement in Bucks County, and, and as well as thank the, the folks who support us, whether it's financially, whether it's sharing our articles, um, you know, to friends and colleagues or sharing it on social media. Um, you know, as well as just people reaching out to us with story ideas. Um, you know, we, the, the Bucks County Beacon wouldn't be what it is now without all of you participating in the process. So I just want to thank you all. Yeah, I, I feel like I've already said a lot tonight, and I feel like what Cyril just said is perfect. So I'm just thanking Cyril and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank both thank of you, you and uh, I'll echo what Cyril has said. Um, thanks to everybody out there who has been knocking doors, who has been showing up to school board meetings week after week, who has been feeding stories to the beacon, who's kind of come on our show, who's been on Cyril's show, um, who's uh, been doing that kind of work. And, uh, you know, if anything, I hope what you're hearing here tonight is like um, that us in this kind of space, we want to make sure that we are here in sustainable and the Bucks County beacon is the place in my mind <laughs> that we really need to kind of go in on all, all in on and make sure that we have the sustainable. Uh, so head on over to the Bucks County um, hit that little support the beacon, um, wait for the pop-up 
give what you can. I'll help them hit that hundred new subscribers um, kind of goal. And how about this? Let's smash right through that, right? Let's show us what this community is all made of. Um, and let's kind of help support this so that we make sure um, that never again will we be a left in the dark in a news desert why right-wing extremists take over our community um, while we leave the doors unlocked. We cannot let that happen again. So thank you, Cyril. Thank you, Emily, for everything you do. And thank you for coming and hanging out with me tonight. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. You betcha. All right, everybody. Uh, you got it. I am totally revved up now. I was exhausted. I'm not feeling well. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to get to sleep. I'm very excited about this. Um, so thank you all for coming out tonight. And thank you for all those who showed up here to, for um, to tune in live. Make sure you share the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that little bell so you get notifications every time we go live. And thank you to all our podcast listeners. Make sure you head on over to support the beacon. BucksCountyBeacon.com. Hit support the beacon. Scroll down. Um, give what you can. Can, um, become a subscriber um, help them hit that 100 new subscriber goal oh god this is great all right this is kevin mahoney uh editor and founder of raging chicken um look we'll be back on friday um uh, for a little bit there's just just crazy amounts of stuff that is going on got some cool stuff coming out too as well but i'm going to keep that for another date and time thank you all have a great one see ya I'll fly away.